This is The Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend, Briarly Bishop. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing well. Excited to go into this little spiel about myself. Are you super ready? Yeah. Give me give me the full spiel. The full the full spiel or the elevator pitch? Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> I, I, can we have both? <laughs> sure. Um... <laughs> yes. The elevator pitch is that I'm an actor, uh, musician, um, etc. from Atlanta, living in L.A. And um, most of my acting to this point has been voiceover. The, I guess, long version is um, I grew up like writing songs and singing. And uh, then I started acting when I was like 11, but just in the way that kids do normally, you know, like at school and stuff. It wasn't like a crazy degree. Yeah. Um and uh, like I was in an opera when I was 15. That was the first time I was paid to perform. It was really cool. Um, and I didn't know. Like I just I just did it and I had a great time. And then uh, after we wrapped a few weeks later, I got this check in the mail and I was like, oh, my gosh, you guys were paying me for the fun thing. That's amazing. Um, and uh, I kind of didn't think that being a performer was something that I could really do practically. Yeah. And. So when I went to school, I, I went initially as a music composition major, thinking, like, I can write the music for films. Like, I can't be in them, obviously. That's such a small group. There's no way. Hmm. Um, and uh, it wasn't the right program for me, ultimately. I ended up switching majors to European studies to have more freedom. Hmm. And uh, from there, like, started making YouTube videos as part of my um, study abroad blog, which is how I, like, got involved on YouTube and um, that, you know, renewed my interest in media and in making things and like being an idiot on camera, basically. And uh, after that, I was like, well, gee, I don't know what I want to do now. Came out to L.A., um, still kind of thinking I'll work on production. And I worked in like audio production and boom op stuff and uh, audio editing, video editing. Um, I edited video for Frederator for about three months and was like, Wow. I hate this. Um, and, <laughs> uh, I really didn't enjoy it. And um, I had uh, I had been doing voiceover in a small way. Um, mm. People had been complimenting my voice, which was, you know, very nice. And the first voiceover I did was um, for a friend of a, a friend of my boyfriend at the time. Um, it was like, we're shooting an ad for Burberry. Can you do an English accent? Great. Can we pay you for it? And uh, so from there, I was doing like film systems and um, like voices.com mm. and uh, kind of little one-off things. Um, but uh, yeah, after the editing, I was like, I really do. Um, and actually, when I first came out to LA, I was focused on music. And I worked like five jobs and didn't have a car and it really sucked. But uh, I made an album in 2014 um, that uh, is on Spotify and iTunes and Bandcamp and stuff. If people want to go check it out, it's just my name. Um, yeah, and it's a very good album. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I uh, I was really happy with it at the time. And it's very different from what I write now. But I'm still like, mm. that's solid, you know. Um but I also at the time was like, gee, the professional musicians I know are on tour eight months out of the year. And I want to have a cat and like a garden. And I don't know that the actual life would be fun. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of 
you know, through through all of that uh, happening at the same time, I was kind of pulled back towards acting. And um, from voiceover, started taking improv to get better at, like, character voices and stuff. And um, do, I did some stand-up as well in and out through these years, which is so fun. Like, I don't understand. I know that people find stand-up really stressful. But for me, it's like, as you can tell, I love to fucking talk. Sorry for cursing. But, like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm like, worst case scenario, nobody laughs, but I get to talk uninterrupted for five minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm in. It's great. Um, But yeah, like, kind of through all of that, came back to acting, uh, was taking uh, Meisner classes at Playhouse West. Mm. Then the pandemic happened. Um, And also, like, before the pandemic, I'd gotten voiceover to the point I was doing uh, in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 auditions a day every day for about uh, two or three years. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And then was able to do voiceover full time uh, for about four after that. Mm. And then pandemic. And, um, you know, that kind of slowed everything down. But it's crazy because in the last year... Uh, and I, this is what I was saving when we were chatting, you know, before we started recording, this is the exciting news. Um, I, in the last year I have found representation. I've now have a manager, her name's Sarah Citizen Skull. She's amazing. Mm. And, um, I am repped for voiceover with CESD, which is great. Cause now I get to audition for animated things, um, which is really what I would like to, Ooh. yeah, I really want to be in a cartoon. And then, like, literally last week, uh, I got signed with Rage Talent for theatrical, TV, commercial, and print. Oh, wow. Yeah, which means that I can actually, like, audition for real things. And I had commercial and print rep uh, before, mm. but um, I had not been able to audition for any, like, TV or movie things beyond kind of indie stuff before this point. But it's like, yeah, and in the last two weeks the culmination of years and years and years of work uh, finally, <laughs> finally happened. And, and that's so. insane. Like, and it's also, it's kind of, it's kind <laughs> of interesting that, you know, this all kind of started off as being uh, like almost to the point of someone complimenting your voice. I mean, I, I loved acting when I was a kid and, and singing and stuff. Um, but I just, I really didn't think it seems like a fantasy, you know, like yeah. people, it doesn't seem real that there are people who like really all they do for money is act. Yeah. And it just like, I still am like, really? I know. Like, I feel like I'm like four years old and I'm just like doing that, you know, in Rapunzel when she like squishes her little CGI face or whatever it is, yeah, like yeah, her yeah. little animated face and looks up at the stars and sighs. It's like that. Like, could you really be an actor? It's very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still feel that way. And so I think I think having people not just not just say like, oh, you have a nice voice, but say, Your voice is so nice, I would like you to uh I would like to pay you mm. to talk. Um, I think that was really the turning point of me going like, Oh, okay, so maybe I could be one of those people who gets paid to do this. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that as well, because like uh that whole um there was one of my um, guests, my previous guest actually said, he was like, I think it's the dumbest thing in the world that uh, as actors, we're paid ridiculous amounts to do what we do because it's just literally us playing as kids <laughs> mucking around. And I was like, that's very true. Like there is a part of it that just from an outward perspective looks very ludicrous. 
but from an internal it's such a it's such an excitement it's such a like you love it's like your sandpit it's like you just get excited it's so good to do mm. yeah it just i mean when you're really um so i call it, it this is like i'm bringing this over for music but like i call it when you're in the pocket for acting like when you are just so none of this is gonna it's it's you know what is tough actually about acting because like okay i have three thoughts i'm gonna st- all right cool first one um <laughs> i i understand what uh your guest means about like the crazy sums that they pay actors um yeah but i think it's like it's a twofold argument like one is kind of what are the actors actually doing like for the audience and how many people are they reaching um, and so, and on that level, it's like, okay, you know, that's some of the, some of the performances that people give are, they really do like change society, mm. um, you know, or they can, they contribute to those changes. And even if it's just, if it not just, but even if it like starts in theater and then migrates, you know, to TV and film, like you really do have iconic uh, performances. Mm. And, and I'm like, I, I get that 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 is incredibly valuable, you know? So you do have to pay the person who's kind of responsible for it. And then I think on the other side, and I've seen this argument with like um, like programmers and designers and, um, you know, other kind of like professions that are creative, but the work is kind of all underneath the surface. Yeah. Is like, you're not like, you're not paying me for, you know, this hour of recording let's say like you're paying me for 10 years of like experience training yeah um, recording expertise like the rate is set by the amount of work that you don't see which is really unfortunate you know because all people see is like once you've gotten to the effortless point and it would be it, it it's like i think I think for people who are like, actors get paid too much, my advice would be go to an elementary school play. Go to yeah. a high school play. Go to a college play. Um, like college freshmen. Yeah. And, you know, just notice. Just notice some things. And, and realize that it takes so long to get anywhere near not terrible for the vast majority of people. Yeah. I think I think the ironic thing is 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 well is this guy's an actor so it's like he's a character actor and it was sort of like oh sure uh, and I think from his perspective it was just kind of like one of those sort of observational things from his own experience of just being like oh yeah I'm not trying to argue against him no 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 I don't think you are <laughs> I think and I think it's like I think from his perspective it was very much just like the, the if to him it's been like I just think it's very ludicrous that it's like something that I do that I just enjoy from my heart is something that people would want to yeah. pay for as well, which I totally also get that side of the coin of just being like, it's, you know, you just hear of all these things. Like I'm one of those strange people that just, you know, loves doing what I do regardless of money. Money's great, <laughs> but it's sort of like yeah. you just, you enjoy it regardless. It's just, as you say, it's about the years and experience and all that behind the scenes stuff. But also at the end of the day, yeah. you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't love it. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I I kind of wish, like, and this has been true for a long time, and, and I hope nobody, you know, gets upset about this because I don't have any, like, 
negative feelings in my heart towards the audience. Like, the audience is great. Like, I want them to enjoy the performance. I want them to feel connected and be affected and, mm. and feel more at home in their humanity and among the other people around them. You know, like, that's mm. really what I want. Um, but uh, also, like, I I just love acting. And I don't really... Like, I have friends whose favorite part is the interplay with the audience, and so they love theater. Um, but I really don't have, I really, you know, when I'm in the pocket, as I was saying, like, when you're really present, when you're really, and this is another thing, is, like, people who haven't, you know, done any acting training, I'm like, oh, if you're present, it's kind of a concept, but you don't really yeah. know how it feels to be, or, I don't know, it sounds, like, hocus, it sounds stupid, but, like, anyway, what I was trying to say <laughs> was that when I'm in the pocket, when I'm really like connecting with the other actor or even just with like the circumstances of the scene and with the truth of it and living it, I'm not aware of, you know, the other people around me. Um, mm. If they aren't, if they aren't with, if they are in the scene with me, then my mind is like, you are not relevant. And I just don't, it just doesn't register. And to yeah. me, like, those are the strongest performances when you've reached that level of connection to the work and to the people you're working with that like it's unconscious, you know, because mm. at least for me, that's what I want to see when I watch actors performances is like you never get to see people when they're by themselves because of the definition of the thing. Mm. And. Yeah. It strikes me that so, and, and you know, we're, I know we're going to talk about this with mental health, but so many of us are lonely and feel, and feel, you know, like we are very different from everybody else. Um, and I think that like those moments on film or in, you know, paintings or, you know, comic books, like whatever, like where you can see what somebody else is like when they're alone and go, oh, I'm that way too. Like I think those are so valuable. Yeah, I, and you can't I, get them with a with a self conscious performance. No, no, I think I think it's it's uh, it's the very honest, open. I and I also agree. Like I I I think you know, part of me goes if I'm not making it for me, then I'm like not doing it justice because it's got to be for me um, as well. <laughs> Boo. Big. No, that's that phrasing is terrible. <laughs> um, that just makes you sound like selfish and I know you're not. I know, but it's all it's Ex explain explain that more to me, because I don't I'm like hold on. I I, I make me sound like do it's my It's gotta be for me or I won't uh, do, I'll it. do it. What? Uh, We're I mean, literally like, working together right now. So I know, and it's always like um that idea of like if you're not you know, if it doesn't come from a good place within you um and you're not doing it for yourself for not selfish reasons but f there's got to be an element of you know i'm doing this to benefit me to a varying degree because i think um, <laughs> no that's terrible <laughs> this is ayn rand what are you doing <laughs> you know i did a whole like i i, I it was very interesting because i i watched a whole uh little uh documentary about her and i was like oh no <laughs> I think that yeah, there's 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 the sort of side of the coin which is like you completely selfless. Yes. Um, and you're doing everything for others to the point where you're not doing anything for yourself. You've got to find this weird balance where you're doing it 
Um, I'll give you I'll give you the prime example of what I mean by like doing something for me. But um, when when I say this without it sounding like an I'm an egotistical maniac. Yeah, I was like, this doesn't track with what I know of him. So no, no, I'm no. Just ask for follow up. <laughs> like I don't do it if it's not for me. I do Hang things on, for I'm, myself only. Like, I'm a serious director. So just ignore I'm me. I'm very serious. <laughs> I'm very serious. And I only do things for myself. I, I think it comes to like, I'm, I'm about to do an educational video. And it's something that I think for me about doing this video, it, I'm also doing it for a friend. Like it comes from, it's about Down syndrome and educating um, people about the condition. I thought, oh, this is great. This is something that growing up with a lot of special um, education and special needs kids, this is something I feel is very important. His kid has Down syndrome, like his newborn baby has Down syndrome. And he approached me and was like, oh, I've known you grew up with epilepsy and ADHD. Like, would you be interested in helping me, you know, work on this education video? I was like, I'd love to. And from one perspective, I was like, oh, I want to educate people like children of today how to you know deal with situations where they might not understand medical diagnoses as well and everything but there was sort of like this thing where it was like oh for me I'm doing it partly for me but I'm also doing it partly for my friend so there was an element where it is a little bit selfish because I'm like oh it's it's I'm doing it for me but there's also a huge part of me going to the other side where it's like I'm also doing it for him and everyone and also the people so that I know um you know the environment I grew yeah. up with. It's okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's. I'm not a selfish person in what I <laughs> Like I was like, why are you confessing this to me on a public podcast? You need to like go and journal, bud. Don't. I feel don't, like if you think it, don't say it. I feel like I feel like I've. This is the first time I've been interrogated by that that thought process, and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I got questioned. <laughs> I was just so shocked. Like I only do things for myself. Like I'm sorry. What? Uh, um, what? But I I do get what I do get what you're saying now. I think, yeah. I guess like because it's true that if you if you don't care about something, there's only so much you can do to make yourself care. Yeah. And and the things that you you know actually care about do turn out better than the things that you are like half-assing the whole time. Yeah. Um, I... I guess I just haven't thought about it in that way like I I don't know I see it as I see it on like you know like the self-help blogs that are like you need to guard your energy <laughs> and like choose what's correct for your karma or whatever <laughs> um you know so like if you don't want to do something a whole lot then you're supposed to say yeah no. yeah um I don't think it's really selfish though because like you you do only have a finite amount of energy yeah. At least the times that I have agreed to projects and things that I like hated. Um by the end y- like the whole thing is so unpleasant that nobody wants to be doing it anyway anymore and it just isn't worth it. Yeah. I I think that's very true and it's also like um you know uh we we both can talk so I uh, we know we enjoy each other's company but it's it's very interesting like versus like someone it's it's very interesting when you know like you talk to or you deal with yeah as you say projects where you're just like oh I want to just sit in a dark room and not talk to any of you <laughs> just for a yep. few days yeah um, it's gosh and it's like and the thing is too like at, in an abs even at that point like in an abstract way you can be like yeah I don't hate them like they're cool for whatever for reasons, but the feeling is still there. Mm. And like I did a um, 
I don't, I think it isn't anywhere. I hope not. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, um, but I did this shoot with a, a group of people and, um, it was just this like tiny one-off thing, but there was a lot of drama and stress that really didn't need to happen. And I, I mean, I, I was going through my own kind of personal, I mean, talking about men- like touching on mental health again, mm. like, I was going through my own stuff. So I was already like not really in a good place to be doing it. Mm. Um, but beyond that, we finally wrapped this silly thing that we were doing and, uh, we all went out for dinner together and I ate my food and then I, it was like, it was like I, I, my brain sent me a pop-up of my mental battery being totally depleted and I, I'd already paid and I think I stood up and was like, I have to leave, um, right now. Thanks guys for a great shoot. And I just like started to go and, uh, the producer said like, wow, you, you just hit a wall there, huh? And I was like, mm-hmm, Bye. Wow. And I, like, I wasn't rude. I didn't, you know, I guess it was rude to leave abruptly, but I didn't like say anything mean to anybody. I was just like, hey, I need to, I have to go right now. Yeah. I can no longer be around people. I got to go. I, I think that's also interesting because that goes into a, a slightly whenever I've gone on set and I've hit a point where I know it's gone over time. Like when you know that that the end time has actually not wrapped and you are past wrap time, and you're just like, my eye is twitching. Like, I I, I think the only ever time, uh, it's one of the things as well, which is when I've done um, stuff to help out friends. The one thing I always say to friends is like, if you're not going to pay me, feed me. Yep. It's like you know, compensate me on food. Um, and the amount of times that people just don't realize that's a necessary thing. Or they don't understand. Oh, to be fed? Yeah. I truly, I have to say, like, if somebody pays me, but there isn't the sound, I mean, God, I feel, I feel like an asshole saying this, but I do think it's not that much to ask. Like, if somebody asks me to come uh, to a set for them and do, you know, an act, and they are paying me, but there isn't any, like, coffee or water or, like, tiny snacks... I do feel a little like betrayed. I know, right? You don't even have like like a Starbucks keg or like <laughs> you know Twizzlers or anything. All right, you don't have like a grab bucket of peanuts. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> there's there's a part of me that just gets very jaded very quickly. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only a finite of uh, fucks I give now. Good <laughs> sounds. Are- what was the? Did you? What was? What was the coolest set that you've been on? Oh, um, the coolest set. It doesn't oh. have to be a project that you actually worked on, just that you've been on the set of. I, th- I want to say, Lord, th- there's been a couple. Um, the the most recent one, I felt sorry for them. They they did. Uh, it was one of the coolest things, which was I went to go and see an ABC show. Um, so a- ABC for American audiences is Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Um, mm. but we. Went my partner and I went to this show with um, Australian artist Missy Higgins, and uh, there was another band called um, I think it was called Birdie, who were playing there as well. And it's sort of like the idea is mm-hmm. it has two bands, local bands, and they kind of like the big guest and the sort of like indie independent guest, which is a little bit more low car, um, low on the ranks. But they sort of then at the end of the show do a collaboration song, like they do a popular song but sing it together. And so that was really cool. Like that, there was this whole like vibe going on. But I remember it was one of the like this big open house set, and they had all these audience members, 
and I was part of the audience and it was just one of the coolest experiences to watch live bands, but also be part of some filming show. And, um, and it was like, it was so cool because they kept, the cameras kept pointing to uh, me and my partner to try and get like shots of us. Mm. And I was like, and I knew about four people on set as well who were actually working the show. And I was like, this is so cool that I can just say hi to friends who I work with. Um, but I'm not at work. I could just kind of like relax and be like, Hey, uh, nice to see you here. How's the job going? Like, you know, it was very like, like relaxation. Hey, it's cool that you're working. I see that you're doing that, that yeah. work that you're doing and I'm not love that for you. That's yeah. Funny. It's like you do, you do you. I'm going to go back here and enjoy yep. my alcohol. Have you, have you had somebody say that to you? Like, I love that for you. I have. I found it. I find it kind of insulting. Me too. I know they don't mean it that way, but that's how it feels. Like they're like, oh, I love that for you. Like you don't love it for you also. Like you don't agree that objectively it's great. Fuck off. <laughs> I I think that's so true. And it's sort of like, I, I noticed that with like, um, it's like when someone says good on you and I just, I don't know. I hate good on you. Like, it just sounds so demoralizing. It's like, good on you. No, get fucked. <laughs> Thank oh, you. sure. <laughs> Are you are you familiar with bless your heart? Oh yes. Okay. Oh. Somebody's somebody's enlightened you to that one. Good. Yeah. I had to tell people. Um, somebody said it to me when I came out to California, and I they could like see my hackles go up, you know, and uh, they were like, oh, and I was like, are you okay? Like you're not from the south, so you don't know, but you basically just tried to start a fight with me. Wow. Like. If I've done something that's genuinely sad or, like, very stupid, yes, you can say bless your heart and it'll be nice. But if I just, like, say a thing that I think is cool and you say, oh, bless your heart, I know you think I'm an idiot. It's not, mm-mm, get out of here. Do not appreciate. Um, yeah, what's your, what's your coolest set you've been on, whether you've worked it or not? Coolest set I've ever been on, um... So uh, I can't remember if I mentioned. Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm from Atlanta. And um, before I moved to L.A., I was working as a PA on a, this night shoot um, for Andrew Donahoe. Um, he's won some awards for his music videos now, which is really cool. Um, but like I, I worked with him in like 2013. But yeah, I was just I was just a PA and they kind of like sent me around to every department. So like I did. um I did some makeup. Um, I worked with the crafty station. I worked for like the set. I, w I was like a set PA. Uh, and then I also, <laughs> I held a um, prompter for Jake the Snake. Ooh. Yeah. He takes a lot of sugar in his coffee. How much sugar? I, like a bunch, like <laughs> three plus, I believe. It's It's been a while, but I remember, I remember being kind of shocked and was like, really? You're like, you're like a fit person. Okay. I mean, I dr also drink my coffee like candy, so I can't, <laughs> I can't judge, really. Um, but uh, so I was working on this set, and um, the producer was also working on Let's Be Cops, mm. um, which has the guy from uh, New Girl on it. I can't remember his name. I don't remember anything else about the plot or the cast. I just, my best friend, like, constantly gets told that he looks like that actor. So I remember that he's in it, and that's all I got. But uh, because the producer was working on both sets, he um, asked me if I wanted to go along and check it out because I'd never been on, like, an actual film set before. Oh. And um, so while they were, like, taking a break, uh, I got to, like, kind of wander around the set with the producer. And so 
there's this like scene in like a concrete basement and it's stressful. Again, I remember nothing about the plot, but I got to I do remember like walking through that area and then watching the movie years later and being like, oh, my gosh, I knew I was there. Um, <laughs> so that was super cool. And then uh, they had like they had a window that somebody like gets thrown through. And I think I actually saw a take of that. Um, from like mm. way distant, you know, but it was just like, wow, they went through the window. Um, look at the crash pad, like all stars in my eyes. Um, but here's the thing. The crafty person, like uh, she made these like homemade cheesecake brownies. And even though like I was not related to the set at all, they told me that I could have as many as I wanted. I had like three or four. Oh, Lord. so good. Yes. I know. I know. I know. I was like, oh, this is the best set ever. It's like, I'm not even part of the project, but these brownies. <laughs> oh, these brownies. <laughs> ah, so good. There was a really cool, I did like a commercial um, where I was an elf, and I was like really confused by the whole thing um, until I showed up on set. Like, I was like, really? Like, I'm 5'10". You want me to play an elf? Okay. I mean, Really? Um, but the other elves they'd cast were men who were over six feet. Ah. Yep. Like, okay. Got it. Um, I'm here for proportion. Um, but that one, uh, the crafty person was like, so on her game, she had, uh, she had like a bunch of different varieties of nuts and not just like different varieties, but like different spices. So there was like spicy peanuts and like garlic peanuts as well. She, like, rotated her stuff out, like, every few hours, so there was always a new snack. It was amazing. Oh, man, I I love this I think set. she was Australian as well, now that I think about it. I was, because I remember being like, how did you end up here? Like, how is this, like, how did you get, why are you doing crafty in Los Angeles now? Like, I wanted to ask, but I didn't want to be rude. I feel a lot more comfortable than I did in my 20s, for sure. Mm. Like... I don't I don't know if you felt if you felt this way, but like the twenties the are tumultuous. Like mm. I know that astrology is kind of just a goofy thing, but it's fun and like I I don't know, the return of Saturn man, like everybody I know had kind of a rough time between like twenty six and twenty eight. Kind of across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. I've I've look, I remember yeah, when I turned about twenty five to you know, twenty eight was not the fun years. Um, but also like, you just... know what I was wondering? Mm-hmm. Well, you know how your brain is supposed to mature at 25 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's when it, not when it matures, you know, I don't, I wonder if that's not like the completion point, but I wonder if that is the beginning of the completion point and having to like, you know, take that. Cause it really, I mean, I think so differently now than I did at 25. Um, even, even like now from like 27, like very different. And mm. I, I just, I wonder if it's like kind of an exponential, like this big spike at that time where you're like, oh, damn, I didn't understand anything. Cool. <laughs> I, I think there's a very, there's a lot of truth to that because I, I've, some of my friends are like early twenties. And when I, you know, when I chat to them, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't thought about some of this stuff for years. <laughs> Like, like, I don't know. Same. And that's not to be like, oh, you know, they're so like still 
kind of developing or anything but it, it's funny like yeah no it's not like you're not a person but like like I have, I have you know younger people in my acting class too mm. or, and not in my current one but in the one that I was in there most the class was probably around 22 to 25 like the average um and it was more just like you know like it's like yeah you're an adult and you're a full person and I can talk to you but I can just tell that there are I can just tell like that you're in a different life stage. Like the things that you're talking about, it's like, oh yeah, I remember talking about that when I was 24. Like, oh yeah, I remember yeah. like being interested in that or like and seeing the world through that lens when I was 25. And it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's not like a, you're not developed yet. It's just like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like that's going to change probably. Yeah. I think, I think my early self, like if I look back at my 20 year old self and go, oh, he was you know, he was really trying to be extroverted and everything, but it was like a lot of myself forcing myself to do things that I probably wasn't entirely comfortable with because you were trying to throw yourself into the deep end. And now yeah. being 29, I'm like, mm, right. there's a lot of things that I'm just like, no, that's, I'm comfortable doing this. Or I'm like, but I know myself a lot. Like, it's weird. Yeah. You you know yourself, you're, the way you process things and the way you kind of like, Things that normally used to stress me out heaps don't stress me out anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, it's really stressful. And I'm like, is it though? Because you can sort this out with like two things. Yeah. I think too, it's like a matter of like just kind of accumulating, you know, <laughs> like more bad things. And I'm not like, go out and get traumatized. It'll make you grow up because it won't. <laughs> like That's not what I'm trying to say here. No. Um, I just want to be clear about that. But I mean that, like, I had my catalytic converter stolen. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Sucked. And um, I couldn't get unemployment for, like, six months. And it's, like, it's all fine, you know, because those were things that had happened after, like, years of other smaller, simpler, stupid stuff going wrong, mm. you know? So by the time you get to, like, once you've had, like, 10-ish years, um, be, I, I wonder if it corresponds with college actually you know when you're when you're out of school and you like really are on your own like mm. maybe it just takes like five to ten years to get up enough get up enough experience to be like ah something stolen from my car okay well i know how to do this because i've called my insurance company before and um also i've had to call in to work about something stupid before so cool like this is annoying but doesn't ruin my day yeah and I think that comes across it like just, you know, in general, um, you know, self-appreciation and stuff, which comes with mental health. Um, How do you uh, mean? Oh, like there was something my, uh, my therapist said, which was like um, all about self-love and self-appreciation because I used to be one of those people who didn't really appreciate myself very much. But now that I have a lot more self-respect and self-love, it's sort of like a lot of the things that used to make me go, oh, I feel really insecure about my, you know, you know, because something bad has happened, which is totally external to me mm -hmm. and had nothing to do with me. Now it just makes me go, oh, okay, that bad thing's happened. Cool. Um, what 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 do we do about it? Nothing, because it's actually virtually external to the problem. Yeah. And it's so funny when I still see people who are older than me have not gone through experience or like not gone through similar experiences and they still like I don't think it's entirely like it, you know we talk about it being so sort of like I think it's how you handle it yeah I was gonna say my dad's terrible at handling stuff like that like he just cannot comprehend to handle like small problems very well he just goes I don't know what to do and I'm like mm -hmm. don't 
don't stress about them is one. But I can't say that to him and be like, don't stress because that's such a... It doesn't help. Emotions don't really respond to that. Like something that I have found um, for myself, like I'm sure you're familiar with grounding. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So what I've like tried to do if I have like if I'm with a friend and I notice that they're kind of like clearly getting into their heads or like getting self-conscious or like if I can like if I'm you know like cuddling with somebody like if I'm or if I'm just physically near them and I can see them like kind of withdrawing and tensing up Hmm. um then I'll try to like draw their attention to something in like a grounding way of like oh hey like what like when did you get this table like I love the color what what do you call that color or like, um, like, oh my gosh, like your hands are so much warmer than mine. Like something to kind of bring them into the moment. Because I think like, if I just say like, oh, you seem anxious. Mostly people just knee jerk go, no, I'm not. <laughs> and you're like, dude, you're, you're like sweating through your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. I can see that you're, it's all right. Um, yeah. Oh, and one thing I wanted to say what you were saying about, like, uh, self-love. Have you seen that thing on the internet about, um, like, two best friends? The past, future, future you and past you? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Okay. I'll see if I can find it, and, and if I can, I'll email it to you, because um, you might want to, like, share it with people. But um, I think it was, like, on Reddit. Like, this this person was, like, asking for help, and this other person responds and is, like... They give a bunch of great advice. Um, but one of the thing the thing that really stuck with me was like, uh, and I was, you know, very, I had friends, but I was depressed at the time. And so I like mm. just felt lonelier than I really had to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was like, no friends. Now you have two. Past you and future you. Like, Aww. exactly. So like when you make decisions, like you make them with future you in mind. So mm. instead of like, you know, sleeping all day and not eating, it's like, like, fuck you, present me. Like, I'm going to have lunch because future me will feel better if I do that. Yeah. And like, I'm going to go on a walk around the block because future me will need that tomorrow instead of feeling sore, you know. Um, and then it's like, and then when you do those things, you look into the past and you go like, thank you, past me for getting up at my alarm. Like, I wasn't late and nobody yelled at me. I love that. Or like, thank you past me for doing my laundry a day before I needed it because like now I get to relax. Mm. And in doing that, you create a habit of taking care of yourself and of um, like consistency and gratitude for doing that. And uh, I've found it really helpful personally. And you can make it kind of fun. Like I will squirrel things away (laughs) and just find them later. Like, oh, a Hershey's kiss in the pocket of a coat. Thank you, past me. Okay. <laughs> I I have generally done that. I think one one thing that I like doing, it's sort of like, you know, is self doing meal preps and stuff. Mm, yeah. Gosh, I try to do those. Oh, they're just, but I think. I focus. Be- <laughs> I think coming home after a long day at work and I'm just like, oh, is there going to be any food? And the moment I get home, I'm like, oh, Past me, did a good job. Yeah. Sit down on the couch, don't think about anything. Like, oh. And it it is helpful, you know? Like, it's like like a brick by brick kind of way of building yourself up. Oh, 
hey, have you seen that? I think it was on Tumblr. It was like this nightmare that somebody had where they, they were, there was like a fish tank that was illuminated and the fish had human teeth. And it like turns. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the fish turns and it says like, better wake up. Like you've been here a long time. Better wake up before you forget how to. Oh, fuck that fish. (laughs) (sighs) And I know it's creepy because my eyes water when I say it. That's my tell. Uh... Like not crying, but just like they tear up. Yeah. Um. Speaking of creepy, I watched in, um, it's so off topic at the moment, we're so off topic, um, but I watched Insidious last night and I loved that movie. Like I, it was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I was like, oh my God. I watch horror movies. I would be in one. I would be in a horror movie, but like, I don't know. I already try to avoid like fear and stress in my life. So mm. I don't, I don't seek it out in film. Yeah, I get that. I think it's also like you, you know, then whenever I see your look, I'm always like can picture you in the 1920s, like. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I remember when we were talking about transatlantic accents, mm. there's such a weird point. It's good though. It's I'm... great. I love transatlantic, but it's so fast. Yeah. It's interesting how much uh, the technology influenced like the way things were made. You know? mm. And, like, I mean, even down to, like, uh, talkies because, like, yeah, they just didn't have sound recording. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just kind of like you don't think about it until you watch old movies and then you go, oh, what were they limited right. to? But, like, and when you watch a silent film, I mean, for me, uh, it's it's really apparent, like, how much – so, first of all, like, they do a great job mm. of, like, communicating the story – Without dialogue. Um, And I think every actor should, like, watch it, you know. But it's, like, that's a very specific way of performing that was created by the constraints of the medium. Mm. And wasn't there, there's, like, a couple of... In the same way that theater is. I was going to say, there was a couple of actors who, like, literally couldn't pass into the talkie well because they like, their voices just were just, like, oh, it's too shrill. It's too, you know... And it's right like, or like, I mean, accents were also uh, like a big issue, and that was kind of a whole, whole thing at the mm. time. Um, but I think even like not just that, but as when you can add, I mean, <laughs> as a voice actor, I can say this, <laughs> there is so much nuance to the voice, you know, that like, and honestly, I like if you watch TV and and you if you just listen, you'll notice some actors don't bother. They don't bother at all to do anything to their voices, even a little bit. And I like <laughs> it drives me crazy because um, I'm like, wow, you're I, I it's like watching somebody act without moving their face. Yeah. Me. I'm like, I like you're doing it kind of. But you're hamstringing yourself for no reason. And um, I think that adding a voice to movies, like giving giving that extra um, like avenue of expression, mm. I think allows you to soften the body movements that had to make up for it before that. Yeah. Because like you don't need, I mean, I love Charlie Chaplin's work. It's great. But you don't need to gesture like him. People would freak out if you did that in modern film oh yeah like buster keaton charlie chaplin laurel and hardy oh, you just buster w- keaton mm-hmm. i went to the laurel and hardy museum in georgia it was so good 
If you're in Georgia, listeners, uh, go check it out. It's it's awesome. It's teeny, but it's great. I think it's in Georgia. Maybe it's in Virginia. <laughs> but anyway, it's in the South somewhere, and it's and it's great. <laughs> Just look it up. Google will tell you. Uh- <laughs> yeah, they will. You look, Google it. Bing it. Whatever. Yahoo is Yahoo still doing search? Yeah, yeah. Yahoo's still around. Yahoo it. Like all of the socials, do all those things, yeah. Um, just, just, just run outside and shout. Just hope, you know. Oh. Scream into the sky. I mean, like this goes to the question of like, which accents do you like doing the most? Because you know, like this is this is the thing. You know, you like doing voices. So, which are, which are your favorites? I do like doing voices. Um, well, I like doing a southern accent because I'm from Georgia, and when I'm like really tired, or when I'm really—I mean, I'm even falling out of it, like trying to talk about it while I'm doing it. But like, uh, I'm self-conscious. I try not to. Okay, here we go. Um, when I'm really tired, then like I kind of go broad and like more relaxed. And so if I'm it, like if I've been drinking, or if I'm back in Georgia, or if I'm yeah, if mm. I'm just really really tired, then I go from I'm so tired to like I'm so tired. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's difficult to do on purpose, but it's always nice to get to relax into, Mm. if that makes sense. Um, like it feels homey, but I I haven't lived in Georgia for almost eight years. Wow. Um, Yeah. So that one's, it's nice because it's like, it's not my accent anymore, but it's nice to like, I don't know, it's comforting. Um, so I like to do that. And then I'm actually... Like, I like English a lot, um, kind of just because I lived there. It's, like, it's fairly automatic, mm. whereas, like, some accents. So, uh, right now, actually, I'm um, I'm in a, a dramatic reading of a play um, called The Zigzag by um, an Irish playwright. And uh, the people who are making it are on the East Coast. I think they're in New Jersey or New York. Um, but the actors, like uh, my, uh, myself and uh, Kevin, we're both in L.A. Ah. Um, so it's it's this interesting, like, you know, across 6,000 miles, uh, we're making this thing. And it's really cool. It's um, it's like this sci- it's like this set in the future, like sci fi version of like Ireland having a hard border. And, um, you know, like drone technology has gotten more uh, militant and more widespread and uh, like the U.S. is doing crazy stuff. Like it's very interesting. Um, but I'm playing Kiva, and uh, I have a very specific accent. So I'm I'm du- I'm from Dublin, and like Ireland has so many accents, and they're so different. Um, and it's subtle, you know. Mm. So I I've been working on that one lately, but like listening to the Dublin accent to me, it's so light that when I put it on, I'm worried that I'm doing too much or too little all the time. Ah. But we have, we we do have a um, an accent coach that we'll be uh, starting to work with soon. And the, I believe the recording is like May 6th. But like my, my family uh, heritage is, has a lot of um, Irish and like my grandmother was from Newfoundland. And um, so I'm very happy to be able to work on the play. You know, it's like, oh, my ancestors had to deal with some of this stuff with troubles and yeah. I mean, that's like, that's always a like nice and home, uh, you know, an e- a element of homely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I'm not Irish, but it's nice to feel connected to my like distant, distant dead family members who, 
I, I like it that you just added the word dead into that. And it's like, yeah, that's true. They are dead. Now. I just want to be clear. They are, ooh, they're, they ain't coming back. It's done. It's over. That's it. That's it. Um, what's the hardest <laughs> accent for you today? <laughs> um, you mean in terms of like what's impossible for me or in terms of like things I can do, but they're challenging? Yeah, things that you can do, that are, but are just challenging. Welsh is hard um, because it's Welsh is less an accent about the mouth shapes than it is about the rhythm and the pitch. Yeah. Um, so that that one is you do have to stay focused. Um, but honestly, probably Australian. Uh, mm. I've known the fewest Australians and I've never been there. Um, and like there isn't a lot of media that just has Australian accents. Um like that I am aware of like in in the US or like on Netflix and so I just haven't had as much exposure to it as opposed to like English accents are everywhere Irish is everywhere French and Russian and German show up in like caricatures so often you yeah. know and like I've lived in the south I lived in New York for a bit like I've lived in LA and like lived in the UK and so those are all those I've I've had like just a lot more time with Mm. But Australian is is like I'm I've had the least time to work on it. It's probably that one. I'm so I, sorry. I, no, don't apologize. This is this is now the excuse that I'm just going to send you so many Australian videos. <laughs> but like, listen to the accent and the varying ranges. Not videos, not videos, like like a series, you know? Yeah, I'll give you a series yeah. of it. Like, send me, I, yeah, send me a good series. I think it's also kind of interesting because the Australian accent does vary on like if you're further in the country, it's stronger. Yeah. If you're more in the city, you sound a little bit more like it's weird. It's like a um, you're just a bit more clear. You're a bit like less good. Hey, mate, how you going? And and you're a bit like, hey, how are you? Like everything's a bit. But no, the funny, I know what you're saying. But the, the funny nasality changes. Yeah, I think the one thing was like one of my friends is so ochre Australian, and I just every time. He talks, I'm like, I forget. Oka? Like, uh, we call it Oka, which basically means if you're like, you sound like you come from rural areas, like you're coming from like the towns okay. and stuff. I don't know where the, the phrase came up with. It's not even like known. Um, but yeah, whenever the, like you hear people who grow up, even in Sydney, who have these really thick Australian accents, you're like, why? There's <laughs> something like, it's just very strange. Um, you know, the way that you are moving it and you're like around uh, your placement, um, mm. it kind of reminds me of like, so like the Alabama accent is very in your nose. Mm. Like, it's so, like the Georgia accent is like, to me, it kind of sits uh, like right under your tongue more or less. Um, but like Alabama is right up in your nose and it's very different just because of that placement change, you mm. know? Um, I'm sure you can hear the difference because you just demonstrated it with your accent um, right yeah I, I it's it's funny because i'm listening to you and i'm like yep i can hear that i can hear the accent like where it's coming and originating from is is very different um but it's it's fascinating because yeah. like and it's like but you can t you can tell they're related though mm. um too i think because because i didn't change really much about my like vowel like my vowel shape internally or externally like I guess I flattened it a little bit mm. um but it was really just a, a placement change going from like kind of jaw 
throat into the nose. Mm. And people do that with like the California girl accent too. Like, cause that, that just like drops right down into your throat. And it's like, <laughs> it's just like this thing that people have been doing for hundreds of years. Cause like vocal fry was actually used by like dandies in like the 1800s to like show that they're better than like other people. So it's had the same purpose forever. Oh Lord. It's just it's um, always the same reason to use it. It's just to show that you're better. I my I'm dead serious. That's true. You can look that up. I I love that because that's like just the way the end of sentences kind of slide mm-hmm. and it's just It's so bad. I know. Um, <sighs> it's, there, there is a great comedy series, which I watched years ago. Um, it's no longer made, but it's called Dead Ringers. It was by, done by a bunch mm-hmm. of imperso- um, impersonators. So they did a whole British television series based on all the TV shows that you'd ever watch. <laughs> and one of the characters, they'd have like politicians or someone on, or like people who were like, you know, presenters and stuff. And they automatically did their like slurs and the way they ended sentences and it's just ridiculous how often when you'd watch the real thing you were like dear god they're the same like yep this is actually scary how accurate that is man i love it when satire can do that because like Mm. i i feel like i mean to be fair i've been off like all social media and i all i'm currently watching is like i'm just binging trailer park boys um but I do kind of feel like we used to have, I don't know, like you look at like, like Monty Python sketches mm. um, and it's like, this is quite sharp, you know, like they're very, they're like being kind of rough here actually. <laughs> and I I feel like we don't really have that as much, like in any, not even just like TV, but like, you know, we don't really have that in like news either. Yeah. Like, I feel like the onion isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah. I guess everybody's just being careful, but I kind of miss it, you know? Like, if, if there's no ill will behind it, like, surely we can poke fun at some stuff. Absolutely. I think I think that's what we need to do on a regular basis, have a laugh, poke some fun. Um, yeah. As long as you're being, yeah. like, I like not... I like comedy that doesn't, like, hurt anybody. Like, I yeah. saw this great sketch at, um, oh, my gosh, where was it? Uh, it was uh, It was The Groundlings a few years ago. And <laughs> they had like one concept, basically. They, um, you know, those little roller thingies with the handles that you sit on mm. in like elementary school. You'll like run your fingers over constantly. They're different colors. You, you, you put your butt on them and you scoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, they had four cast members on those, and then they were like in like pool floaties, like uh, rings, and they're all in like summer gear, and they're all like looping around on these things and they would um come often on stage on these like little wheelie carts in their tubes and the whole like basically the whole thing was that they were these like broy broy people who just got drunk on the river at different bars but the names were really elaborate and so the whole joke was they would just come and be like like hey man how are you doing last night i didn't see you till after you like barfed the apple from the barrel and uh like tony taco's barreria at around the 2 a.m when like cindy left and you're just like what the fuck is happening but they all talked that way and then like anytime somebody new came up they'd be like oh you want to link up and then they'd link their legs together so they wouldn't like float away in the imaginary river (laughs) and like like they got in a fight 
And like the guy and the girl in her phone is like, I thought that you left the party. Like, I didn't leave the party. It's just that I was super sick after taking 16 rum shots off of Ashley's like crazy new back tattoo, which you would have known if you texted me back at 5556153. And it like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so stupid. But I just, I was dying and then there was another where they were spoofing on beauty and the beast oh, and they yeah. had two people on stage who had been like it was right after the castle comes back to life oh yeah and these guys had been spoons they both were spoons and uh like cogsworth comes in with lumiere and they're like we are alive like congratulations let's go out to the castle and they're like Oh, I mean, I guess, like, we could, um, I'm kind of tired, like, we might lay down, like, really, but, like, and they, they, like, are, like, but you couldn't have walked around this whole time, they're, like, you guys could walk? Like, (laughs) we we were in a drawer, and they, like, just complain about that the whole time, and how they couldn't do anything, and then they get invited, whoops, knocked the pop filter, um, and then they get invited to, like, the party with all of the other animate objects that have been participating in life, albeit as furniture. Yeah. And they're just like, no, I, I'm i tired. Like, what if we just, let's just take a nap. And then they, they end up spooning. And then there's, like, a few moments of silence. Someone goes, Gary? Yeah. I think I know why we were spoons. <laughs> and that was the end of this sketch. <laughs> And it was like, this is so stupid, but like, it does make fun of this. Like, it does poke holes in this fairy tale, but like, nobody's getting hurt. There's no, no like, and like with like broy people on the river, it's like, that's not a demographic. That's just a type of person. Yeah. That could be anyone from anywhere at any age with any alcohol in a tube. Like, you know exactly who that person is. It's just like, oh, they have a bucket hat. Of course they have a bucket hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I actually need to find these sketches. They seem amazing. They were, I, could, I don't know if they taped them, but I, I went in person, so I don't know if they have a tape or not. I'm really sorry. No, that's okay. I'm loving them. Yeah. I mean, even when I've done stand-up, like, I, I guess the jokes are inappropriate, but they're more inappropriate in like a... I don't know if this is a story you should be telling on stage kind of way as opposed to like a this is going to offend somebody kind of way. Like. Yeah. So it's it's more of a TMI yes, kind of story. Yes. Those. Mm-hmm, those are the ones. Actually, I can I can tell you one if you want. Yeah. Go for it. It's 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 not it's not a gross one. Um, There's I don't think there's any reason to like have any. Yeah. There's it's just one of those things is like I'm going to share this. So I have a weird bad luck sometimes. And it's like, it's not terrible. Like, I haven't had, you know, it doesn't, like, end out the worst situation. Um, but, like, for example, uh, my friend and I, for my birthday last year, uh, because with, like, everything closed down, you know, couldn't really do much. But she and her boyfriend had bought a van and, like, made it into, like, a camper van. And so we were going to go up to this lake and camp out and um she uh she was running late and so we like got a bit of a late start which was okay you know because like I'd already had dinner but um we get there late and it's dark and uh couldn't find the entrance found the entrance get in but um there's a there's an officer of the law there and he's like we have an active incident we need you to head up the road um for about 30 minutes and we're like oh is everything okay and he's like 
we just needed to hang out up the road about 30 minutes, go ahead, and that way there's a lookout point. And we're like, okay. So we do that. And I joke, like, that, like, here we've come to Camp Murder Lake for my birthday. And um, she's like, no, no, like, I'm sure it's just, like, somebody's missing or, like, it's some, like, kids acting up or something, you know. But um, we decide to check. So she downloads a police scanner app. And it turns out that uh, there is actually something going on. And, like, they, they give a code and I Google the code. And I can't remember what the code was, but it was, like, um, assault with a deadly weapon. Wow. <laughs> And then the police scanner starts talking about the suspect who has a crowbar, apparently, and they don't know where he is. And I'm like, this is hysterical. Can we sleep somewhere else? Um, because. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get murdered. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be murdered by the guy with the fucking crowbar. Um, so that happens. That's here's the first story. And just to, like, back this up of, like, weird things. So, um. I've been seeing this guy and uh for like a month um and we started like talking a few months ago doing the whole like video date thing and like not you know like mm. social distancing and after like a month of that met up in person and we got ramen and we're like eating our ramen and having a great time and um my back is facing the parking lot and i can see like the reflection uh, of it in the in the windows of the restaurant behind mm. him and uh suddenly like a cop car comes up and then a second one and then a third and then a fourth and then a couple of women um come up to like the um the hostess stand and are like oh this guy like just stole this car and like he has a gun and then uh, the server comes up and says, folks, um, we're being evacuated and we need to close out your bill. And I'm like, great. Can we get some to-go containers? And they say, sure. And uh, we get our ramen and to-go containers. And as we're paying, police come up and say, like, folks, we need to evacuate the area. We have an active shooter in the parking garage downstairs. And we're like, so we can't go to our cars. And they're like, nope. And we're like, okay. So have to walk across the parking lot cross the street and just kind of wander up the road uh towards my place um which is miles away oh my god and um this is like you know first date yeah and i had just been telling him about this weird luck that i have and the birthday thing and then this happens and i was like um i'm sorry uh, <laughs> I know this isn't my fault, but I feel as I feel somewhat responsible for this happening to you. I'm sorry, Lord. And um, we had a, I mean, we had a great date, but it was just like, this is crazy. And then I, I got back into, I'm working, um, you know, with COVID. I'm, I'm busing at a restaurant right now, and I came back to work. Mm. And uh, one of the people that I work with was like. I, I told him the story, and I'm thinking, this is a great story. This is a killer story. Like, when has this ever happened? You know, like, how common could this possibly mm. be? This is cool. Like, and nobody nobody was injured or shot, so even better. Like, great. Um, and uh, I tell him the story, and he goes, that's L.A., and shrugs and walks out the door. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. What? For real? When has that ever happened to you? Come on. Seriously? That's LA. That's not LA. That's not anywhere. 
first date get evacuated. Fuck off. <laughs> I love both those stories. Thank you. So much. That, listen, I just want to say that that is an even, that's two stories. I have so many more. My, I, it's, and again, it's like weird luck, right? Cause like if we had gotten there mm. on time, if we'd gotten to the, to the campground on time, you know, we could have been like witnesses or we could have been victims of Crowbar Man. Um, mm. but that didn't happen. And then like, uh, same thing. Like, uh, we were a little bit late to, um, the ramen place. Like we had intend- we'd intended to go somewhere else that was closed and, um, Oh, okay. So we're a little bit late and it's like if we had been like if we had been later, you know, we could have again, like could have been witnesses, like could have been the victims. Um, and it's just it's like, well, this is it's bad luck, I guess. But it's not the worst luck. It's just kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's just kind of weird. I I always love a kind of weird story. Thank you. I think that's like this. This I I could talk to you endlessly about these kind of like hear these stories. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be there needs to be a whole podcast oh, where we man. tell each other weird stories. Oh God, that would be such a good podcast. That would be like the casual version of lore. Yeah. It, oh my God. Yes. That'd be so good. Oh my God. Yes. That would be so good. You're giving me ideas now. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, bring bring me bring me back. I got a lot of weird got a lot of weird stories. I'll tell you about the the hitchhiker I picked up who may have been a ghost. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, well this is Briley, this is official. We're starting a new podcast. I'm not uh, hey, I'm not partnering about... in this. I will happily join for a few episodes, but I, I think I've made clear I don't want to edit. Um and uh, you don't have to edit and, anything. And also, I'll do all the heavy lifting. This, this friend of mine was telling me uh, that I I should only do things for myself. Like if I don't if I'm not doing it for me, I shouldn't do it. So probably. <laughs> what? Probably do this. Are you, are you using Are you using my own logic against yes, me? Yes, of course, of course I am. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Oh man, I feel I feel so caught up. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I don't know how we are on time here, but I did want to ask you if you were going to um, give people advice on like mental health basics. What would you start with? Oh, um, as as in just like general topic discussion. I guess I guess just like a yeah, like a your your like your starting place. You know, if you were to tell, if you were to like, God, that's such a th- looking back on, because because I, I think we've both had like, like we've both been in worse places, and I think you know from kind of other stuff we've talked about, it's like through time and work, I've come to the understanding that actually life isn't a hellhole all the time, <laughs> and can in fact be good some of the time. Um, so I guess yeah, if there was anything, I I just would like to, I would like to help any of your listeners, you know with that so I, I i think i know what it is for me but i'd love to hear yours i mean for me um a lot of it comes from i don't know that nowadays especially um you know t- t- 2021 being the the infinite year um when you're especially when you're you know coming from my perspective when you're a very introverted person knowing 
like that it's okay to express your feelings regardless i and i think this comes from like you've got to be comfortable expressing your own feelings about something whether it's a stressful situation or something but you also got to think about it um like the way i start processing is like get the you know the emotion part out have a cry if you need to but then have a logical think after that cry of like well you know but allow yourself to feel them because there was a huge period where of time where I definitely didn't allow myself to feel angry or sad or anything. I just had to like suppress that feeling. And I remember um, actually like my partner, uh, the the first time I cried um, in front of anyone in years was her. And I just like yeah. started sobbing. Like I had a completely wrecked, wrecked week. And the first thing she did, like compulsory, was start crying with me and just try and pre- help me and uh, support me. But it was sort That's of like so one empathetic. of those things. I know it was so sweet. Um, and I think coming from having whether whether you learn this from relationships or friendships or anything like that or how you deal with um, stuff, it's just you know it goes back to that. Just always understand it from someone else's perspective because where they've come from, where you've come from, or, you know, there's just, there's so many different ways of dealing with stuff. And I think you, as long as you have a logical approach to it and you're not letting, you're getting all your emotions out first, right? then you can kind of approach it logically because I know a lot of people still don't let themselves process those emotions. So when they have time to come to these conversations, and sometimes very difficult conversations, whether it's with people or a situation, and they have to sort out an issue, they tend to just let emotion drive them rather than go, hang on, on reflection, these things I also did, these things you did. Yeah. At the end of the day, we both kind of screwed up or whatever happened, yeah. but I'm, I'm willing to kind of like move past this. And I think that's kind of made me as a, you know, as a collaborator and as a creator and also just dealing with my own mental health. I know who to trust and who to, you know, how to have a laugh with and who to kind of like put faith into rather than just kind of like going these person's an asshole mm. and you know for no other reason than I'm just grumpy about something else sure yeah it's sort of like you've always got to imagine it f- from like someone else's perspective that's like my um uh mental health now yeah. but there is a very different time you know like two years ago where I was like everything had to be for other people like I couldn't even do any self-care um so it was like if if I had an argument with someone I would then feel like I was in the wrong completely. Whether or not I was actually in the wrong or right, sure, yeah. I would blame myself for that argument. So I think, yeah, you've got to you've got to make sure you're okay and let yourself kind of feel the frustrations. Listen to music. Great way to... But be careful with that, though, because, like, I, I, I will say, uh, I, I do want to second what you're saying about, um, about feeling your feelings. Uh, like, I've set timers mm. before. If I, because usually if I'm like freezing everything, it's because I don't want to feel it. And if I set, usually like a 15 minute timer is enough. Like if I set a 15 minute timer and like, okay, I only have to feel this for 15 minutes. Like I can do that, you know? Um, but I wanted to add to, I can't remember what it's called, but if you look up the emotion color wheel, um, like especially for people who weren't given the tools to like, accurately identify their emotions for whatever reason like whether it's like was Mm. discouraged you know or you know the people around them like didn't have the skills to pass along but it's very helpful 
if if you are a person who gets kind of overwhelmed and flooded by your feelings, but you can't really work on them because it's just like, like, how do you feel bad? Like, okay, well, let's be more specific, um, you know, and like, yeah, like, how does it feel in your body? Like, oh, okay, like your your throat feels thick. Like, when does that usually happen? Like, can you relate that to other experiences? Like, can you label this? Um, and uh, what you were saying about music, like, I. I, I did this recently, like, I would say to know what genres make you happy or to at least have a mm. playlist of, like, I, I think of it as, like, rope music because, like, when you get into that deep, dark mental headspace, it's like being down a well. And you 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 can't stay there. Like, it's just going to get worse. Mm. Um, and so having, like, you know, songs that make you feel better or that make you want to sing along or that make you want to move um is good but if you just keep listening to like like one of my favorite bands is why but they are very depressing and like you can just you can lock yourself into a loop that way yeah which i I think is a danger yep i think my 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 like mental health start my like one thing um Mm -hmm. would just be like go for a walk Mm. And like it doesn't like when I and I mean any walk. I mean like walk like if you're in an apartment, like go out your front door and walk a loop around your floor. Like whatever you can do, it doesn't matter. But like go on a walk every day. Um, because it's like to me, really simple rules work best. Like I don't I don't do well with like really elaborate like I'm gonna get better now plans. Yeah. Like, but like go on a walk every day. That's very simple. It's very easy to remember. It's very hard to avoid. Um, and I think especially like when you start going outside, like when I started doing this, I could only really go a few blocks and then I'd get like tired or sore or bored or whatever. But um, over time, you know, I got up to like two miles and discovered that like my favorite time of day to walk is uh, right before sunset because then I can see I can watch the sunset as I'm coming home and it's beautiful, you know. Um, and like, and the air has cooled down and like, it's one of my favorite times of day. And so instead of it being this obligation, it becomes this like nice thing for yourself. And then, uh, bilateral movement, um, is good for Mm. like kind of resetting brain patterns. Right. So bilateral movement, movement on both sides of the body that alternates, um, is the way that I usually think about it. That might not be the exact definition, but like. Uh, if you are trying to kind of improve your thought patterns, I would say, like in the way of like, if normally you wake up every morning and you're like, why am I alive? Maybe start trying to think of any different thought than that, you know, like even just like, that is the ceiling above me. That means I live in a house or like, that means that I have a place to live. Like, great. Um, much better. And you can reinforce and strengthen those pathways. And I don't remember where I read this, but like Google it um, by bilateral movement. And that's like you can swing your arms, you can walk or run, you can like tap your legs um, and alternate that way. Uh, And I think there's um, there's a therapy called. Oh, my gosh. EMDR. That rings a bell. But I can't remember what it stands for. Um, eye movement desensitization or I don't know I'm making it up I have no idea 
But uh, that, I think, uses um, sound or, like, vibration-like controllers that alternate um, to, like, help people work through Mm. trauma and whatnot. But it's the same concept. Okay. No, I'm just looking at it now. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Ah, so close. What does it say? Because I'm not really, I'm like, I'm going off of like a Wikipedia hole years ago, you know? Yeah. It says um, the therapy is phased, focused approach to treating traumatic and other symptoms by reconnecting the client in a safe and measured way to images, self-thoughts, emotions, body sensations associated with trauma and allowing the natural healing powers of the brain to move toward adaptive um, resolutions. Um, and apparently, it, yeah, it, inc- it helps with um, anxiety disorders, depression, phobias, panic disorders, um and agoraphobia wow. as well. What a, so gosh. if you're an agoraphobic, one stop shop. Yeah, I mean, like the, these kind of therapies are really so, good as okay. well because it's just so it's like helps you if bad stuff has happened, if you're anxious, if you're sad, if you don't want to leave your house. So like, it just helps. Go on walks. Yeah. Go on a walk. Go on a walk. <laughs> That's the new tagline. <laughs> we're just we're just making a jingle. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. That, yeah, everyone go and seek therapy. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But also I, I will say too, like, know, know why you want to go to therapy as much as you can because different therapists mm. have different specializations and not every therapist is going to be a good fit. Like, if you – I don't have as, I don't have that much experience with this really, but, like, I when I was in college, I, like, you know, tried to kind of talk to, like, a good therapist and was like, I don't have anything in common with any of you and you don't get me and I'm going to go home. Um, But, yeah, like, find a therapist who is right for you and also, like, know what you want to work on and I think also know when mm. when you have, like, accomplished that goal, like, when you're in a good, healthy groove because, like, I, I kind of think of therapy as, like, the mental or, or maybe, not even mental, like, kind of the emotional version of physical therapy. And it's, like, mm. once you have, once you've figured out how to move this thing through you, like, without pain and, like, and you understand, you know, your limits and how to take care of yourself, like, you don't really, you don't really need to keep going. Um, you know, like you might want to check in like after a few years or like if something else happens or if like, like if it's an, you know, like with an old injury, like if it flares up, you might have to go back. Um, but like, mm. I, I guess I just kind of want to say, cause I, I've known people who will stay with the same, not even like just the same therapist, but they'll stay in therapy for like six, seven years and they very clearly aren't, you know, improving. Um, mm. and it's like. I know you don't have insurance, bud. Um, maybe maybe there are other things you could do that aren't going to stress you out financially and also apparently not help because, like, if anything, you seem more anxious. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I definitely know that medication hasn't helped some people, that therapy hasn't helped some people. I think it's just whatever helps you. Yeah. There is something out there that can help you. You know what it kind of annoys me about, like, uh, when people talk about medication? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have, I've never really taken, I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen a psychiatrist, so. But uh, anyway, like, I've, I took St. John's wort briefly, but it wasn't prescribed by anybody. I just found it on the internet. 
<laughs> it did help. For YOLO. Me. It did, it did, YOLO, but it did help for me. But like it, uh, it bothered me because I would read about people who were like, like medication is a crutch. I'm like, yeah, yes, that's the fucking point. Like a crutch is a thing that you lean on when like part of you needs extra support. Yes, that is the point. But I think, you know, barring like, you know, very intense uh, psychiatric conditions, like I, I do think kind of in the same way, it's like you can use that to help stabilize your mood as you work through the things that are creating. Yeah. It, you know, like. But I, I don't I don't think and I, I think there are studies that back this up. I don't think it's healthy to just stay on, you know, most medications long term. It's like, yeah, have a crutch. You need it. I can tell that you're suffering, but. Once you're out of the suffering, like, let's get you off the crutch. Yeah. I I agree with that. I think, yeah, I, I, I take medication and I think it does it. It's not for everyone, but it's helped me massively. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like when I took, I took St. John's Wort um, for about a year, I guess. And, uh, you know, they don't prescribe it in the U.S., but I, like, read stuff from the U.K. and uh, and Ireland, and I was like, all right, you know, I'll try it. And, you know, if nothing happens, nothing happens. And um, through trial and error, you know, found that if I, I think it was, like, it was, like, half the dose that I'd found on the internet was what worked for me. It was, like, one at night. And within a couple weeks, it was like, oh, I, you know, don't wake up you know super unhappy mm. anymore and like what i didn't notice um when i was really down was that my body physically hurt um but it had happened so slowly i didn't catch on but like i started taking the saint john's wort and in a couple weeks i was like oh i don't feel like slightly in pain anymore um which was interesting but yeah like i i got to about a year point and was like stable and um, had worked through, I just had a lot of bad stuff happen, mm. um, one after another at the time. And, uh, you know, like couldn't, just couldn't work through it. It was just, it, you know, it was just crushing and, uh, took, took the St. John's ward and that helped. Um, you know, it, it, it was one of those things that I'm like, doctors, I'll doctor myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it did help, you know, and I, I would never try to you know correct quote unquote anybody else's way of going about it like when when you're in that kind of place like you do what you got to do it's that's that's just survival yeah i think i think that's very true and i think that's like um yeah as as we say it's different for everyone but uh, you know whatever helps you get through something um you know it just you know and it's helping you you know as a crutch or anything then do it like um because it will you know I mean, within, within a reason. reason like like i i don't want to endorse heroin no i'm not yeah, i'm not like, saying like start a cult don't. or something like that either it's like we're, we're just join a cult man just join just join a cult i feel so much better <laughs> the cult cult stuff is fascinating like it's so easy. I feel like cults and serial killers are like two of those things that people, you'll just like get sucked into those when they come on TV. It's like, I didn't mean to be watching this, but now I know so much about Kool-Aid. Mm. And now I know how to murder people in five different ways. And all of them involve manipulation. <laughs> well, look, 
Um, maybe, but it's uh, you know you could you could do it and you could do it with like the Richard Dahmer kind of way or you know. Um, or what? Who is the one? Uh, the woman who like she like took babies and then she killed them and they like found like 156 babies or something. Oh Jesus! No, no idea. I remember it because she was such because she was such an outlier. Like it was like 98 percent of serial killers are like guys. And so it was just like, whoa, that's a lot of babies you killed there. She must have had her reasons. Maybe she just hated him. Yeah, just on a murderous streak. Uh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> she just snapped one day. It's like, ugh, babies. No, I mean, it's horrible. It is horrible. But, like, you know, you, you have to you have to joke about stuff sometimes, you know, like even horrible stuff. I remember when I went to Girl Scout camp, which was great, by the way. I Girl Scouts all forever love Girl Scouts. Um, it was great. I got to, what did I get to? Cadet, I think. Um, and I, one time I literally, this is a true story. I literally was out, uh, selling cookies in the snow. Um, <laughs> I walked, I'm serious. I was 13. I walked three miles around my neighborhood in the snow selling cookies. Cause I, I really wanted the prize. Um, it was a giant bear and a palm pilot. But the palm pilot was shitty. I did end up getting it, but it was not good. But anyway, um, <laughs> Girl Scouts. What was I saying? I just started thinking about Girl Scout cookies, and now I'm off topic. I just, I, I, you're making me hungry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I am hungry. I think that's what it is. It's dinner time here. What time is it for you? Like midday. Um, twelve thirty. Oh, so lunchtime for you, dinner for me. Lunch. Lunch. What was I saying though? I had dinner. a point. I had a thing. Yes, Girl Scouts. Uh, yes. Okay. We had a song. Uh, so we had a bunch of songs, and they were all great. And one of them was like about the Titanic. <laughs> and in retrospect, it's like this is messed up. Um, but I remember it, and it was like it was sad. So sad. And it's a call and response. It was like, it was sad. It was sad. So sad. So sad. It was sad when the great ship went down to the bottom of the sea. Glug, 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 glug. And then it would have like different verses. And there was always like, husbands lost, or um, uncles lost their aunts, little children lost their pants. It was sad when the great ship went down to the bottom of the sea. Blah, 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 blah. But it was really fun to sing, you know, as a kid. Yeah. And then you grow up and you find out about the tragedy of the Titanic and you're like, you had to sing about this when we were nine? Why did you do that? <laughs> like, it's messed up, but it's fun. It was fun. Adults <laughs> adults are fucked. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's Ring Around the Rosie, though, too. And London Yeah, Bridge. I know. It's all messed I, up. I think this is a perfect time to wrap. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's actually been a blast. I, so many interesting stories. Uh, listening. Actually, he says. Ugh, actually, terrible. actually, literally, it's actually, actually been not terrible talking to you. It's actually oh. not the worst. <laughs> Pleasantly surprised. Get fucked. <laughs> oh, no, so mean. Uh, um, thank you for having me. No, it was great. It was great talking with you, and I'm really glad uh, that we covered so much like mental health stuff too. And I'm happy to have shared more yeah. more stories um, about film and things. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. And um, yeah, people can go and uh, find your album. Uh, yes, yes. Online, they can find the album. Uh, um, um, 
uh, on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, they can. There are a few uh, music videos on youtube.com slash Briarly. And I am doing that play called The Zigzag. Mm. And hit up my new my new reps at uh, Rage Talent and um, CESD. And if you want to check out more episodes, please check out more. I've got a lot links. And um, you can listen Do to it. another guest. Do <laughs> it. Jesus. And you can, you can check out more episodes right now. All right. This is the Things We Do podcast. I'll speak to you all later. Bye.